Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Earrings Off. We want to invite you to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. You can find us on Facebook at Earrings Off Podcast and on Instagram at The Earrings Off Podcast. I'm Lou. And I'm Teresa. Let's get started. Today, we're excited to have with us Reba Hollingsworth, morning news anchor at CBS 6 News, also the creator of the AHA Wrap. We're excited to have Reba join us this morning. Um, First off, we're going to start with, um, we want to talk about your journalism career. Why did you choose? You're going to have to go way back. (laughs) I know. Uh, tell us, why, why did you choose journalism as your major? And had you always dreamed of being a journalist? Because certainly you've done well and won awards and been recognized. And uh, we've heard about your award for the documentary, Richard and Slave Trade, Breaking mm-hmm. the Chains of Silence, and all your other great work. So tell us, how, tell us how did that begin? Well, first of all, thank you, Lou and Teresa, for having me. So it's such a pleasure to be here to talk with you today. You know, I knew probably at six years old or seven years old that I wanted to be a journalist. And I remember I have this vivid... I knew what doll I wanted to play with this. <laughs> oh, I'm going to talk about the dolls because they play a role as well. But I remember I had this vivid memory of Phil Donahue going down the aisle with this microphone yeah. and may not remember when I teach at VCU, I used to say Bill Donahue's name and was like crickets in the room. And I'm like, who is that? <laughs> big fan, big fan. Exactly. And so I just had that memory. I was like, gosh, he looks so powerful. He's asking questions and all that. And so I would be in my room in Midland, Texas. I had my dolls all around <laughs> me in a circle. I would go to my stereo and I had opening music for my talk show. No kidding. Yeah. Do you remember the Mr. Microphone? So my parents had bought me a Mr. Microphone. So I would interview my dolls like Will Donnie interviewing the people in the audience. And then Oprah came on the scene because Oprah always gives Phil the credit of, you know, that was who she would look up to. And when she came on the scene, someone who looked like me, it was like the angels were singing. <laughs> it was like, I could really do this. So I knew then, probably, yes, yeah, six or seven years old, I wanted to do that. And I was also modeling, doing some local modeling at the time. So I like the camera. I like being in front of the camera. So I just kind of merged the two things together. So the camera never intimidated you? No. Not wow. at all. Wow. Yeah. Back yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. And wow. so when I went to uh, high school, I was on the newspaper staff, uh, the yearbook staff. And in college, I knew that I wanted to be a journalist. So I automatically majored in journalism. I was doing radio. I was doing TV. So I just knew, just knew. That's amazing. That's a great story too. I love, love that you um, interviewed your, your doll. That's really (laughs) cute. (laughs) So there's a lot um, going on in the news right now, but um, this week, you know, we learned about um, John Travolta's wife, um, Kelly Preston dying from um, breast cancer. And, we know that um, your good friend Stephanie Roshan, um, who's also a former, who's a former anchor of CBS, 
six died uh, from cancer. And um, we'd like for you to tell us a little bit about your work um, with the Buddy Check series. Well, Stephanie started uh, Buddy Check Six years ago when she first came to Richmond, and she was my she was my best friend. And she actually died of bile duct cancer, but a lot of people think it's breast cancer because she did so much work with the breast cancer uh, community with the doctors. So she did a lot of events, like uh, emceeing events and telling the stories and all that. Um, so when she did pass away, actually when she was still uh, sick at this point, and then she uh, passed away, um, I remember my boss approached me and said, would you like to continue Stephanie's legacy and tell these stories? And I thought that was the biggest honor uh, because I know this was so dear to Stephanie's heart and especially encouraging women. I mean, she would go door to door with the Sisters Network trying to get women to go get mammograms. So now that I get to kind of you know pick up the torch and carry it on in Stephanie's memory, I think is, is the best tribute I can do to her. And that's what I do every single month at Channel 6 with Buddy Check. Six is we encourage women to do your self-breast exams because right. we know bodies better than anybody. We know when something feels different. And we also encourage women to get mammograms. Um, I did a story, my buddy checked six for this month. It airs on the sixth of every month. Is um, The National Cancer Institute is saying that COVID-19 will likely cause at least 10,000 excess deaths over the next 10 years because you remember when a lot of these healthcare facilities were shut down for like a couple months, women had to push back their mammograms. So women have to now kind of reschedule those mammograms so that that time off could lead to 10,000 excess deaths over the next 10 years. So we like getting that information out, encouraging women to go get their mammogram. I got mine done this week because so I had to push mine back as well. We just can't put it off. Doctors say, don't put it off six months. Don't put it off a year. Do it now. Yeah. We're, we're just finding that COVID is impacting us in so many ways. Mm -hmm. I think years before we realize mm -hmm. all exactly. the that it has had on us mm -hmm. beyond the actual disease itself. Yeah. And not just the disease, the health. Yeah. But also, you know, I was just driving around yesterday. One of my favorite restaurants out here where I live, I just saw it was like boarded up and a leasing sign for lease sign. I was like, oh my, it's just, it's just taking its toll. But I think we are resilient people and we will bounce back and we will come back even stronger. Right. 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 I believe that too. Yeah. And you know, um, Reba, to your point about pushing back mammograms or any other care mm -hmm. right now, I read something this week where someone's, I believe their appendix burst. The, the person had been in pain for so long, but they were so afraid to go get medical care because they just oh, wow. the possible exposure to COVID, uh -huh. concerned about the, you know, the overcrowding and the lack mm -hmm. of this. And I read that this week and, and they were like, ooh, you have got to come in. When you, you have to yeah. you know, I've done two stories already where doctors are like, that's probably could be one of the safest places to go right now. And once you go in, they keep everybody separate. They're doing your temperature check when you come in, but you have to go get checked. When I did my uh, mammogram, I was in my mask. The doctor was in her mask, but we have to do it, especially women. We take care of everybody else. <laughs> we got to take care of ourselves because yeah. many people depend on us. So we right. have to. Do it. Have to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we, we wanted to talk about something else we're excited to hear about. Yeah. And that's the, is it the AHA rep? Yes. I mean, because you have come up with this 
And it, it just speaks to your creativity, your being innovative. And we want to hear about that because we want to encourage people to think outside the box when you're sort of confronted yes. with things that maybe don't work as well. Yes. Yeah. So tell well, us you know, about that. I call it the aha rap because, uh, you know, Oprah always talks about, you know, I love Oprah. She always talks about your aha, your aha moment. And this yeah. is truly my aha moment. I've been doing TV news for 25 years and I've always struggled with putting the microphone on if I'm wearing a dress. Yeah. So for people who don't know, if a woman is wearing a dress and you have the microphone, there's, the, uh, there's a base of the microphone and the part that actually clips onto your, your outfit. So where do you put the base of the microphone? Most women, we have to clip it on the back of our bra mm -hmm. or put it in our underwear. So when you watch some of those, like the Real Housewives shows and they have these real pretty dresses on and they turn around and you see that big mic pack. And it's just annoying. I don't like, I don't like the big hump. And also I don't like someone helping me put my microphone on. That means someone is unzipping my dress. Someone is putting their hands down my dress. They're hooking it. Then they finally zip, you know, and trying to get the zipper over the big microphone and the um, IFB box, it's like, you know, your dress is already kind of tight. <laughs> so, uh, so that was just a hassle. And then if you have to use the restroom, you have to do the process all over again. Someone's unzipping your dress, helping you turn your mic off and all that stuff. I was like, you know what? There has to be a better way because I was actually losing time getting ready in the morning, trying to fiddle with trying to put this microphone on. And um, I had another, one of my coworkers helping me, I'm helping her. I was like, you know what, there just has to be a better way. And you know when you always talk about, oh, I, I should invent this, or I could do this, I could do that, but you never do. Right. But there are some things. There's a lot that, to do with though. Oh, oh, all the time. I don't know how many ideas I've had in my head that I just never you know, brought it to fruition. But something about this was nudging me. And I think that is sometimes a way that God talks to you, uh -huh. that it stays on your mind, it stays on your heart. And then every time I complained about, oh, I can't do this, or how am I going to do this? It was amazing that the door would open or that person or putting someone in your path what? to help you yeah. take that. God has a way of just yeah. Yeah. communicating to you. Oh, yeah. And so I went to my seamstress and she's been doing my alterations for years. And I said, you know what? I want to create this thing for my leg to put on my, uh, to clip my microphone on. And so we just sat for months. I was, I was part of her family. I was constantly going to her house. We were just kind of testing the material, what would stretch because it has to be heavy, but it has to stretch because it has to go around your leg. I don't, they can't, people can't see it, but um, you ladies can see it, but it looks like this. It's a wrap yeah. and it's, um, you just wrap it around your leg. And you may see there are things on the market now but they're more geared towards medical or athletic. But this is strictly for the microphone. Yeah. And so my seamstress, we just worked together for a few months in 2017. Um, talk about meeting people. I met this one lady. She has a product on Amazon for breast cancer uh, ladies who want to sleep on their stomachs. Mm -hmm. And it's called a Tata <laughs> topper. So basically you put it on top of your mattress and when you lay down your yeah. Oops, that does. Um, um, go down in the little insertion there. And so she kind of talked me through the Amazon process and, and she helped me. There was a part where it kept slipping down and you don't want this to slip down. Right. So she came out, I was interviewing her for Buddy Check Six. And she said, Reba, you know why your wrap keeps uh, slipping down? I think you need something like this. And this is called the um, silicone elastic. 
as women, we have it in our bras, we have it in our strapless outfits, we have it in our spanks. Silicone is what keeps it. Right. Silicone plastic is what keeps it. So I found a company that was able to put my logo on the silicone elastic and boom, it doesn't slip down anymore. And wow. she led me to two women here in Richmond who they made a product called Rain Wraps. And I met with them. We were uh, at Osaka <laughs> at a lunch. It was my first time meeting them. I'm up here standing in the restaurant modeling the, the um, wrap for them. And they said, well, you know what? You need to meet our friend Ken. Ken lives in South Korea, and Ken can help you get this made. Ken became like my best friend. So Ken, <laughs> um, Ken helped me uh, get it manufactured, just kind of walked me through the process. That's the hard part. I, mean, just I know. Yeah. It's God, because I was like, I have this idea, I have this product, how am I going to get it made? And Ken was, I was just talking to him a couple of weeks ago, because my, the wheels are turning down, I want to do more than just the uh, wrap, and I was like, oh, I have this idea, Look, let's see if we can do this. But Ken helped me get this made, and November 14th, 2018, it hit the market, and a lot of TV women wear this product, but now to me, it's an aha rap. It's like, who, who else could use it? Right. Who else could have a moment? So I have speakers, professors, uh, colleges have bought it, audiovisual companies, because if you go to, I don't know, uh, the convention center or any kind of speaking event, right? Uh, Marriott, things like that, any hotel, women are mic'd up often and they have to speak. Um, two of my, the biggest companies, Capital One and Altria, have bought them because they have their business women who have to give speeches all right. the time had a friend at Capital One, she said, Reba, I went somewhere and they mic'd me up and they clipped it on the back of my dress near my neck. She said, I look like an alien. And when women, when we don't feel comfortable, we feel yes. off. Yes. I feel like I can't perform well. Yes. I wanna, the microphone should be the last thing you need to be thinking about. You need to be thinking about your speech and how you're gonna connect with that audience, not how do I look and how do I feel. So if I can do a little part to empower women and make them feel comfortable and feel powerful, I just, it's a humbling experience to do. Right. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. Well, that, that's well done. So what's the website for that? It is aharap.com and is also sold on Amazon. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Well, kudos to you for that because, you. you know, Teresa and I were talking about this, that it is so encouraging to hear women, particularly women of color, say, you know what, this is something that I saw, there was a need for, and I exactly. figured out myself how to address that. And that's something very empowering to hear it that. Is. Yeah, yeah. It is, and it's not an easy journey, yeah. but there's something so fulfilling about that when you see it, you know, on an Amazon or when you see right. it website and someone gave me a shout out uh yesterday a reporter she uh, took a picture of herself and she said thank you aha rap for doing this and the one i had last month was ginger z from good morning america what? yes <laughs> she's post she was like i need this i'm at home and this is so helpful and yeah that is yeah it's got to be great right fine it's very fine yes i love it <laughs> yeah um Another uh, great story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so you said something in that, though, that struck, stuck with me. Um, not an easy journey. So I think with that, um, I'd be interested to hear how, you know, creating this company and this idea and working with people 
here in the U.S. and and full, and abroad, how you were able to balance that and and uh, being a working mom and ha you know that whole thing with being a business owner and a working mom. How do you how do you find balance? Can you share some ideas? Share some thoughts to our with our listeners about bringing on balance with doing all of those things at the same time. I think as women, I don't think we approach things like, okay, I'm going to find this balance. I think we just do it. <laughs> we just do it. We just make it happen. We know we have to do this. We know we have to do that. We have to do that. Um, one of the blessings in my life is my job where I work at CBS 6. Uh, back in 2011, I was working in a DC market. First, I worked in Richmond. Then I left for, I was here in Richmond for five years. I left for four and then I came back. Uh, in 2011, when I came back, I had a toddler at this time, and I was like, I can't be that reporter that I was when I first was here, uh, because she was a big priority as well. Uh, that's your other job that you have. And they allowed me to become uh, part-time. So I am a part-time worker. I, you see me every single day, but my hours are not long like they used to be. I may be able to leave at 8 8.30 in the morning before I was leaving at 12.30 or 1. That's a big difference, right? <laughs> so with that, I am able to leave my job at 8 or 8.30. There are some days I may have to stay later if I have to do the noon or have to uh, do a report or something like that. But that extra time allowed me to work on the business and really get that going. Um, my daughter was in school um, some of the days. I think we just have to just make it work and i've kind of find found that balance now that she's a little bit older uh that helps a lot she helps mommy out <laughs> a lot um uh, i am a woman going through a divorce so i sometimes feel like that single person here at home so that's another weight that you have right. um i think you just you just keep going you don't quit you don't whine about it i mean there are days that you get tired but you just go. And I have to know that my little girl is watching me. I am, I am her example. I am her role model. I am everything to her. And for her to see her mom, not only on TV, but to be this businesswoman, That's she beautiful. loves that. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, this wasn't a, a planned question, so, but I, I, hope, I hope you don't mind. In 2009, that means that you were uh, there doing, during, um, in D.C. during President Obama's first year. Right, so right. did you get an opportunity to, um, to interview him or to cover him during that time that you were there? No, because I was very pregnant at that time. Okay. <laughs> but energy around that time was just amazing. It was something I had never seen before, especially a presidential uh, race or a candidate at that time. Now, yeah. leading up to it, when he was the candidate running, I was also working in Baltimore. And sometimes it's hard to get people, you put a microphone in front of their thing, oh, I feel like talking, I feel like talking. But with him, when he came to town in Baltimore, people were like, I want to talk, I want to talk. They were like shoving, trying to get to my microphone. I was like, what is going on? The energy. Yeah that he brought with that campaign was amazing. Something I had never seen before. It was wow. amazing. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, Reba, this is all such good stuff. And I, I appreciate, really appreciate you talking with us. But right, as, um, as a working mom, as a female, we do what we have to do to do work. Um, and, and sometimes it requires hard decisions, sacrifices, all of that. 
but we look at the big picture and we get it done. But I wanted you to just tell us to just think about this for a minute. What can you share one piece of advice that you've received um, maybe that was instrumental to your career success? You know, um, maybe it was from a mentor. It could have been from a family member. It could have been from a neighbor. But what did someone maybe say to you or show you that click? Like, you're a hummer. Mm. Like, okay, I mm. got to remember this. I get that. You know, when I got out of college, um, I didn't find a job for maybe a year and a half. And that was very humbling. Really? I was like, I did everything right. I went to school. I made good grades. I did an internship. Everything people yeah. told me to do. I did, and I was like, damn, I don't have a job. So I'm up here sitting at home, um, taking care of my sister. I just couldn't just sit there. My mom didn't, my parents didn't want me to get a job because they didn't want me to make a whole lot of money and not do what I really want to do. They said, you want to be a journalist, we're going to support you at home until you find that job as a journalist. So those are very good parents to do that. Yeah. yeah. So in return, I did all the cooking, the cleaning, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, at the same time, I was constantly writing people. So there were a lot of black females in Houston, Texas. That's where my home is. And one particular anchor I wrote, her name is Gina Gaston. She is still at the ABC affiliate in Houston. And I wrote her a letter saying, oh, I'm trying to get in the business and blah, 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 blah. And she called me because she was doing, she was a morning anchor. She called me at 6.30 in the morning, one morning. I think I was still asleep. And she said, oh, I got your letter. She said, you need to move. You need to get up and move. Don't just sit in your house and think you're just going to get a job. You're going to send out a resume tape and someone's going to call you and get a job. You need to go and move. People need to see your face. You need to go meet with these people face to face and let them know that you are looking for a job. So with that advice, my dad and I went to every small market TV station in Texas and Louisiana. We drove there. I made appointments with all of these news directors who would meet me. And that's how I got my first job. Wow. So me face to face. And when my, my husband was trying to, um, he went to, how did this work? He was going to law school. That's how it was. He was going to law school and uh, we knew we wanted to be here in Richmond. And we were in Texas at the time that we met in Texas. And I said, you know what? Let me see if I can get a job in Richmond, Virginia. I was the main anchor at a small station in Abilene, Texas. And I did the same thing. I booked a plane ticket. I made an appointment with uh, Channel 8 and Channel 6. I went to 8 first, met the news director at the time. Hey, how you doing? And that was okay. Interview. Um, when I went to Channel 6, hey, my name is Reba. I'm looking for a job. I'm going to be moving here, blah, 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 blah. I was hired on the spot. Wow. Yeah. Did the same thing. But you know what? I always tell students uh, when I teach or give speeches is don't burn bridges because when I came here to Channel 6 on that visit, there was a general manager, so the big boss of the TV station. He had actually reached out to me when I was in Abilene, Texas, about a year and a half earlier because he was in Huntsville, Alabama. He was like, I'm really interested in you. Would you like to come to Huntsville? I was like, I didn't come to him. I didn't say that to him, but when I got the phone, I'm not sending this man anything. I'm not sending the tape. I ain't going to Huntsville. And so sure enough, that same man that I blew off a year and a half ago was now the big boss here in Richmond, Virginia. And so I realized that when I got back to Texas, oh my gosh, that's the man I blew off. Oh my gosh. So I picked up the phone and I called him and I was like, do you remember me? He said, I remembered you when you walked through my door. I was oh. like, oh. I wow. said, I'm so sorry that I blew you off 
And I said, um, I said, I really want to come to Richmond. He was like, why do you want to come to Richmond? And I told him, uh, I said, my husband's going to go to law school and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, we're going to make it happen. <laughs> so <Wow>. God. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yes. That, that, yeah. That's great to share that. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned earlier about having some um, additional ideas sparked by um, working on the AHA project. Um, can you share some of those uh, passion products, projects with us? I'll give you a little tease. It, it will still be in the rap family, but, okay. for, but for babies. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> I, something, I just had this dream. I want to do an AHA baby. Yeah. So, okay. so along okay. those lines. We'll have to yeah. be on the out for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited about that. That's how we do it. So um we've we've all been of course um quarantined and being careful and all have altered our routines. Like mm -hmm. you saw one of your favorite restaurants shuttered and yes experiencing our new normal. But Teresa and I often talk about during this time of challenge there are also some opportunities or some times for us to look at some positives something that's maybe shaped us a bit during this pandemic so can you share with us maybe what you've learned during this pandemic mm. i don't know about learn but what i cherish mm -hmm. is this time with my daughter is just been amazing um being on TV, not only do you see us on TV, but we do a lot of things on the outside. So many events that you're constantly doing. And I know this year, when I started to look at my calendar for March, April, May, June, I was like, whoa. I was getting like <laughs> anxiety thinking how much I had coming up. So to kind of have this quiet time, yeah, um, I think we're secretly, my daughter and I, introverts. So to have this quiet time, this together time, it has just been priceless to me. And we just, and even connecting with our neighborhood. And do you know, I put an inflatable pool in our backyard. I haven't stepped foot in my backyard in maybe a year yeah. until now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Connecting with my neighbors. I'm reconnecting with my house. I'm just reconnecting. And maybe that's something that I've learned is just, I have these things, but you don't enjoy because you're constantly moving. You're constantly moving. So to be able to just to slow down and just cherish these things and reconnect is just, has just been the best thing. Yeah, yeah. That's good, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and we've certainly experienced that too. So that, yeah. that's yeah. something to cherish. But um, those, those are all of the questions we have for you. But um, if you want to share something before we end uh, with our listeners, we're certainly open to it. We appreciate you taking the time out of your to be here with us. And we're excited that you could share about your invention. The um, mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think I would just say that if you have this desire to create something, I think especially in this quiet time of quarantine and maybe have some extra time, think about things that you want to do. It may not be a product. It could be maybe writing a book. It could be something like that. Find, find that passion that you want to do something and see if you can just create it and uh, let it come to fruition. Because I think everything, everything that we do, everything in your past prepares you for that moment. When you think, oh, I can't do this. I can't make this product or I can't do this. But everything you've done in your life has prepared you for this. When I think about the news, 
uh, marketing. We are selling you a story every single day. So selling you a product is very similar as well. So everything you've done in your life is preparing you for this moment right here in time and take advantage of that. Right. Good advice. Excellent advice and a great way to end. Because you know, here it earrings off. When we know better, we do better. Take good care. Have a good day.